from the start to the finish go hard and we win and it's the heart hello everybody hello 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 and welcome to another friday no thursday no saturday night saturday night edition of the heart of a villain what what are we doing here what are we doing here on a saturday night much less Saturday night at what 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern, and I'm not sure what it is out on the West Coast, eight maybe. This is weird. Feels weird. Uh, it's past my bedtime. <laughs> it's past my bedtime. But hey, you are here with me. This is the Heart of a Villain, the podcast and live stream devoted to the bearded villains worldwide brotherhood and the lives they are changing all over the world. Hey, guys, this is episode 188. 188. Every week it seems like I have to pause for just a second to realize how many episodes we have in the can already. And, uh, man, it's it's just fun. This is just fun. Um, this week is going to be another one of those different and fun episodes. And these are, these are the ones that I just I love. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I love to talk to our brothers from around the world. I love to to hear about what's going on, but this week is a little different because I have with us uh, my my interview guest this week is the author of a book that has just come out. I got my copy this week, and um, well, well, well worth the purchase. We're going to talk to Megan about this book. Um, Megan Pennings is the author and creator of this book where she went around and toured, uh, basically went all over the place, uh, attending different Bearded Villain events and capturing some stories and really, uh, more than anything, documenting in a very, very honest, very cool, um, realistic, uh, just a heartfelt way of documenting, uh, documenting through photos um, what bearded villains is to a lot of different people. And those of you who know, I've been doing this documentary film, you know, that this kind of a topic is just near and dear to my heart. And, um, we're going to talk with Megan here in just a little bit uh, in a pre-recorded interview. I have to say that <laughs> a pre-recorded interview I, I did with her earlier today, but, um, it's just, uh, I, I can't, I can't say enough about the photos, uh, and the way that she put this thing together. There's just something about the depth. There's something about the quality and the uh, the personality that comes through in some of these photos, especially. Um, but I encourage all of you guys to go out and get a copy of this thing. I will be putting the links um, on my. I will be putting the links on my uh, all my platforms and different things, and just sending you to her Instagram, her uh, photography Instagram account because there's direct links on there for where you can pick up one of those books. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to have an, a great interview with her about her history, her past, uh, what's brought her to what she did with this book, and, and maybe kind of what she hopes for the future with it too. Kind of cool stuff. Um, let's see. Moving on, moving on. I have some chapter news. Uh, I'm going to try and do a little bit of a calendar of events type thing, uh, a little differently than we've done in the past. Um just kind of hoping that maybe we can do this uh, in the future, just like this, where I bring up stuff on the screen and talk rather than a scrolling list of things that are there out there in the, in the, uh, out there in the ether of events that we have to do. So uh, we'll be doing that. Got um, just, there was really only one chapter that reached out uh, and gave me some chapter merch ideas um, this week. So, uh, other than you know something that our chapter released, but it's nothing. It wasn't a super super huge thing. I didn't even get a picture of it on here. We did. We just our chapter just released a uh, our what we what we have deemed our official cancer awareness shirt uh, that we're gonna wear going forward for whatever events cancer related that we have uh, coming up where we're gonna do walks and different things. Uh, but but um, yeah, I want to take a second here because I have to give shout outs to the people that I see live. Um, anytime, especially tonight, because those here in the comment section with us, with us live, we are on an odd night and at an odd time. And those of you guys who found your way here, uh, either, either by circumstance or you're just bored or you're about to fall asleep and you don't have anything else to do. I appreciate you guys for being here with us live. Uh, Rob, 
Rob, Rob says, I'm still working. Went to work the same night as I did it. Oh, uh, man. Rob's, Rob's nursing an injury. Rob's nursing an injury, and uh, he's a trooper. He's getting he's getting through it. He's getting through it. But, hey, he's still tuning in here at, uh, golly gee whiz, what is it, 4 o'clock in the morning over there now? I've lost track. I didn't do the math backwards. I know it's very early in the morning uh, over there in England. But I uh, appreciate you, Rob, for being here. Uh, Wayne, how you doing, buddy? One Feather says, how's everyone doing today? Yes, yes, yes. Rob with his... Uh, Normal, how do you do? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Oh, he added to it tonight, ladies and gentlemen, girls, boys and girls, girls and boys. That's usually boys and girls. That's how I usually say it. But villains of all ages, it's podcasting time. Yes, Shifty says, what is up? What's up, everyone? Good to hear, good to hear. Uh, let's see who else we got in here. I know we have a few others. I know that I can see there's some that aren't talking and they're not in the chat, and that's great, too. Um, buddy, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you here. Uh, he's giving some health advice in here. This is good. <laughs> good to see. Um, but he's hanging out with us this night. And, uh, let's see, we got anybody else hanging out with us that's in the comments section. Uh, nobody else is scrolling through all these comments. Yes. Okay. Well, I know we got a few others, but <laughs> so let's just do this. Um, I've got a few comments and a few thoughts uh, that I want to ramble through here before we get into our interview. But first, let's get a little bit of the business out of the way. Uh, where we're going to talk about uh, some of the merch. I just have this one merch slide that I put together. Now, again, uh, those of you who have merch or you're trying to raise money for something right now um, and you didn't directly send me information, I may have seen it. I may have talked to you about it. But unless you send something to me, I check all of the – when I'm setting up the show, I check all of the Heart of a Villain uh, messages uh, for anything new and updated. So that's where I kind of get that stuff from. So I uh, just want to give a shout out here to them, Empire State Boys. Now, obviously, they made a really cool release video earlier this week, and I could not because of copyright reasons. I can't um, I can't promote on here on the YouTube live with the algorithm that, that's there. I cannot play the said release video because it includes some John Williams music from of course, Star Wars. So, um, and I don't want to get slammed for that. So I will just do this. I will share with you the three, three of the photos that they've released for some of the merch that they came out with. Um, they have a scout trooper hat, a dark trooper hat and a storm trooper hat, all different colors, obviously. And, uh, they fit the motif just perfectly $35 a piece, but above and beyond the hats, they've released a whole bunch of stuff. And, uh, I encourage you to go out there to the empire state chapter they got links in there, and the store is just covered with a whole bunch of new merch. So get out there, and I think there's some things that aren't even released yet, but you can at least check them out. So hit up the boys, the Empire State boys. They got a lot of cool stuff going on uh, within their chapter and uh, what their releases are. So um, that's what I have right now. Again, um, also, if you want to get a really cool red shirt that is a uh, cancer awareness shirt, hit up the... Uh, hit up my chapter, Northern Indiana, because we just released that this week. Um, it's out on our page. Um, if you go to bvnorthernindiana.org, bvnorthernindiana.org, you can go grab one of those shirts too. All right, uh, let's give a quick shout out. <sighs> I got to, got to. Uh, we got some chapter news, chapter news. This is kind of a calendar of events feature segment here. Uh, normally I would do this at the end, but I don't want to do it at the end because people tune out. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to. I don't want to lose out on that. But I, before I do this, I want to give a shout out um, to some guys that we talked about a little bit last week. Um, there is a uh, website you can go to, or more specifically, an app um, that you can go check out. It is right here on my my phone, thebeardcalendar.com. I'm going to be promoting the heck out of this because these guys go above and beyond. No, they're not bearded villains. Um, but they include Bearded Villain events on their beard calendar. So if you're curious about any bearded something, any kind of charity thing, any kind of beard competitions involving bearded villains or any other bearding club, bearding, you know, beard mustache societies out there um, in the landscape of the U.S. specifically, uh, and you're curious if there's something going on where you could go help out with, then uh, hit up that place. That's the Bearded 
that's thebeardcalendar.com, thebeardcalendar.com. Um, definitely, definitely check it out. It's a really cool one-stop resource, what you need for sure. But what I've got here for the Bearded Villain events right now is this week. That's right. Uh, this weekend, as a matter of fact, as we speak right now. So if you're not there, then you're going to miss out because uh, it's tonight. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it actually looks like it was today. <laughs> See how bad this is? When you throw me off, I prepared this for it, for it to be a Friday night episode, and you throw me off when you when, – now I, I get all thrown off when it's a Saturday night show, uh, when it's not supposed to be Saturday night. So today <laughs> – Earlier today, it looks like, uh, was the first annual Beards Brews Barbecue. Uh, <laughs> again, sorry to the Star City villains. Uh, I didn't get this out faster, uh, but they had a very cool uh, event going on. I look forward to hearing what they had going on. They had a beard competition. Meet and greet last night. Uh, it looks like the Iron Nobles, Star City Villains, and Omaha Facial Hair Society came together for this event. Um, I apologize for butchering the name of that organization there. Um, but Star City, mad props on you. Sorry about screwing up and not getting that out <laughs> before. Uh, next weekend, Bearded Villains Belgium. If you want to get over there to Belgium, uh, if you don't have your tickets already, it's probably too late uh, because prices are probably way too high to travel over to Belgium, at least from here in the States. Uh, if you live over in Europe, though, you could probably just hop in a car and make it. So um, August 26th in Ghent, Bearded Villains World Me is in Belgium, hosted by the Bearded Villains Belgium chapter. If you have any questions, just hit up the boys. Hit up the boys in Belgium, and they will give you all the details on that event going on for next weekend. Coming up September 2nd, September 2nd is Bearded Nuga. Bearded Nuga. That's right. Bearded Nuga, Saturday, September 2nd at White Lightning Harley Davidson. I love it when we host events at a Harley Davidson dealership. Um, they've got a beard competition. It benefits the Epilepsy Foundation uh, of Southeast Tennessee. Epilepsy Foundation of Southeast Tennessee. And um, yeah, what this is, though, is it's not just one chapter, right? It's not just one chapter. This is five. Count them. Five chapters. One, two, three, four, five chapters coming together for this one. That is Rocket City. Rocket City villains. You've got the three-star villains. You've got Chattanooga. You've got Smoky Mountain, and you've got North Georgia Bearded Villains all coming together for Bearded Nuga. Unfortunately for me, I'm sad to say that I can't attend this one timing-wise, but, man, with five chapters, that just looks fun. Looks like it's going to be a good time. Uh, so very cool, very cool. Bearded Nuga, September 2nd. Go check it out. Next up, we got the uh, Bearded Villains PA East. Bearded Villains PA East presents Battleborn Killer Beard Competition 2. Battleborn Killer Beard Competition 2. Saturday, September 16th, 16th at Seven Sirens Brewery in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Again, that's Battleborn Killer Beard Competition 2. Badass. Uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Saturday, September 16th. If you have any questions, hit up the boys with Battleborn, or hit up the boys with the BVPA East chapter. Also, don't forget, in October is ECM. They've moved the date, but it's still going to be a blast. Uh, ECM is October 13th and 14th. Usually it was in the past in September, I know most of you know. Uh, but ECM this year, October 13th and 14th, Queen City Bearded Villains are your hosts. they got a meet and greet on Friday the 13th. That's right, Friday the 13th. Oh, I love that day. Friday the 13th. Saturday the 14th, they've got the event, the main event, uh, at, let's see, uh, Brewers at 4001 Yancey. 4001 Yancey. So if you have any questions about this, ECM's always a good time. Hit up the Queen City Bearded Villains for further information about ECM October 13th and 14th. Then October 21st, October 21st, we have two events going on that same day, that same weekend, down in, well, let's just call it Mesa, Arizona, right? That's where this one's held. It's actually hosted by the Phoenix Phoenix Villains, All Villains Eve, All Villains Eve. Another one at a dealership, Harley-Davidson. It's Desert Wind, Harley-Davidson. Desert Wind, Harley-Davidson. Saturday, October 21st in Mesa, Arizona. They've got raffles, costume contests, face painting, and more. 
and and a professional wrestling event. That's right. A professional wrestling event is part of this thing. Proceeds go to the Phoenix Children's Hospital Toy Drive. Man, looks like a fun event. I know they had a great time last year, and it's wrestling, yo. I say it last year, same thing. It's wrestling. All Villains Eve, October 21st. If you get near uh, anywhere near Mesa, Arizona, hit up the boys for that thing there. And then uh, closer to home for me, for sure, uh, October 21st, the return of Ezra Crow. The return of Ezra Crow. This is a Halloween costume contest beard competition, and this year we're adding in a tattoo contest as well. Fitting, very befitting of the time of year and Halloween and all. Um, we got auctions, we've got cost, we got uh, all sorts of props, uh, entertainment, you name it. It's a full-on event. It's going to be a blast. It's at the Hobart Moose, Moose Lodge, Hobart, Indiana. There's a meet and greet on Friday night for anybody that's here in town. Uh, early enough, but October 21st, October 21st, all the proceeds from this event raised go to the Ronald McDonald houses in Northern Indiana. And that is that, that is the end of what I've got so far. I know that I'm probably missing a few. So if you hit me up and send me a little flyer, I can get it up on our, on our own villain calendar of events for sure. Uh, again, don't forget about the beardcalendar.com to check out any other events that are out there in the world. Check them out, check them out, check them out. All right, so um, after I take a sip here. All right. So where can we go from here? Um, I want to give a shout-out. Now, last week, if you were here last week, um, you're you're well aware that uh, we went off a little bit on a tangent last week <laughs> um, where we talked about over the course of two different shows uh, when I was on a different gentleman's show, uh, Ray Norcross, um, Bearding Without Borders. And uh, then we continued the conversation after the hour long with his show, and we continued it for almost two hours on our show uh, here. But talking about um, bearded, bearded clubs, bearding clubs, and uh, facial hair clubs, including us, bearded villains, um, recognizing and coming together and respecting everybody that's in the community and trying to support everybody else that's in this community. Uh, because it doesn't matter which club you are for, most of the, I think all of them, I've not, I've not come across any that aren't um, kind of charity-focused, and they want to do better for other people. And so I think it's really important when you get the chance not to just push it aside and go, well, that's not a BV event. That's not a bearded villain event. When you get a chance, go out of your comfort zone a little bit. And go visit some of these other clubs that might be near you. These are our, these are facial hair clubs that are in your area that could partner with you. These are other chances. Now, one of the things that was pointed out when I was on Ray's show, um, one of the comment people, one of the people that commented in the in the show, made the comment, and it and it kind of, I mean, I was I was quick to to answer it, but he made a comment that, um, or whoever it was that made the comment that. Bearded villains need to, you know, need to open up and allow for people with mustaches and partial beards and things like that. Well, as I quickly said, that wouldn't work because, and it won't ever change because bearded villains, in the name alone, insinuates bearded. And it has to be a beard. It's not a goatee. It's not a partial beard. It's a it's a beard. So that part of it will never change. So unfortunately, the people that specialize in having a goatee or chops or just a mustache. Um, they're they're not eligible to join in with BV. You can still support BV, but you can't be in BV in those circumstances. But that doesn't make these people any less awesome. There are some really cool people out there in the bearding community that because they choose to go mustache or they choose to go with a goatee, that you know that they know that they can't. They're going to join another club where they're able to, and they're still going to do all the awesomeness that they can do otherwise. And so we need to recognize that, yes, we are a tight-knit brotherhood. The Bearded Villains are a tight-knit brotherhood. But we also need to recognize the value in the connections with the other people in these other clubs. And I know there's chapters out there that do an excellent job of this. There's chapters out there. There's brothers out there that support other clubs all the time and do a great job doing so. And I have absolute respect for that. But this is something that a lot of our guys really need to, I think, really need to do better in. A majority of our guys just need to do better with this. 
If you've got a club, if you've got another facial hair club that's doing something and they're only an hour or two away from you, if you're not busy on that weekend, why couldn't you go help them out? Just go support their event. Who's to say? Unfortunately, there, there is a stigma that bearded villains are all about bearded villains, and that's it. And we don't care about the others. And I know as far as me and, and many others, it couldn't be further from the truth, but unfortunately, there is that stigma out there. And so anything we can do to try to dissuade that and show people that that's not the case, I would love to have it. I would love to see it. So last weekend, uh, myself and a couple of other brothers from my chapter, we drove three hours south, excuse me, down to Columbus, Indiana, and went to an event that Beard Mob Indiana put on. And it was a really fun event. Um, It wasn't the largest event in the world by any means, but that's great. Some of my favorite events that I've gone to are the smaller ones because you actually get to sit and talk to people. You get to have those one-on-one conversations, the meaningful kind of conversations, not the ones that it's just, hey, how you doing? The important ones. And I had a ton of those conversations with guys that, you know, we were the, we were, there were only five people that were at this event that were part of Beardy Villains. The three of us and two other guys, two of our other brothers from Ohio. And one of them was a judge. So I didn't spend the majority of my night talking to all the Beardy Villains. I spent the majority of my night getting around and talking to the guys from all these other clubs. I wanted to hear what drives them, what makes them, what makes them tick, what, why they're doing what they're doing. You know, what are their hopes for their club? What, you know, are there possible, you know, ventures down the road where we can partner with them or help them out? That's the kind of relationships we need to strive for. And so I had a really good time last week doing so and talking with the guys, Beard Mob Indiana. And the really neat thing about this event was Beard Mob Indiana was trying to, they were raising money to go towards this event center that we were at. Okay. It's an old theater, the Crump Theater. And it was most recently renovated back in the 40s. And so, uh, and it's been closed for almost a decade. And they opened it back up. And this was basically the first thing that was at this, that was at this place since. And they're trying to raise money to restore this place to its old glory. And it's in shambles in a lot of different ways. It, didn't, it was a very hot day and it did not have air conditioning. You know, we had doors open all over the place, trying to get some air through there, plus fans but it was still fun. It was hot. It was a sweaty mess, but it was fun getting to talk to these guys. The theater is a wreck right now, but what you can see from it, the, the, the historical and the artifacts that are, that are up on the walls and the historical nature of the way that the building was designed, it's just cool. You feel like you're walking 50 years back in history or longer um, walking through a place like that. And so it was just a lot of fun. Now, if I did not, if I did not let myself go out of that comfort zone that it's only a villain event, I would have completely missed out on the opportunity to see this building and the opportunity to meet all these great people, all the men and women that are part of these other beard clubs. So I just wanted to take a second to recognize that, take a time out, and encourage all of you guys that are watching this show or people that are listening to this show on an audio platform later. I want to encourage all of you guys to, to we, like we talked about last week, get out of your comfort zone and don't be afraid to get out there. And even if you're the only person from your chapter that goes, you would be shocked at how well you can be received if you just take a step out of your comfort zone and you go talk to these people. You, you won't be able to just walk in the door and just stand there and hope for stuff. You've got to take the step. You've got to walk in there. And you got to get to talk to people. You got to reach out. You got to be the first one to take that hand. But it's so well worth it if you do. So just want to encourage you guys to do that. And I'll get off my soapbox for that. But I hope that you guys, some of you guys, can take heed on that. I look forward to the next opportunity that we can do that. I've already spoken with a few of the um, the other beard clubs that are here in Indiana about you know when their events are. Unfortunately, one of the next events that's coming up is actually on the same date as our event. And it's not something that's probably ever going to change because they're set in their, their time frame when they have their event and same with us, but that doesn't mean we can't support each other in other ways. So I'm looking forward to being able to do that. So thank you for allowing me to talk about that for a little bit, but just get out there, get out there and uh, meet some of these other clubs. It's really well worth it. 
All right. My special guest this week, and I do a little introduction in the recording, so I won't say too much specifically about that, but I will say that uh, my special guest from this week is Megan. Um, Megan Pennings is the author of an awesome book that just came out this past week and uh, about a week and a half ago. And you can go out there and purchase it yourself. Um, and the book title is Bearding, or I'm sorry, Bearded America, A New Generation of Social Clubs. And all of the photography is all from her, from her over, over the last several years, going to different events, um, different one-off uh, events, some of them very personal events that were not an advertised BV event, some very personal stories that she's photographed. Um, just a really cool, cool story, that what she's done, what she's captured in here. So uh, I hope you enjoy this interview I had with Megan, and um, it, was, it was just a lot of fun talking to her and hearing her story and hearing her what, what drives her. So here's my interview with Megan. I have a very special guest this week. You know, most of the time, I'm talking about villains, specifically. We have villains coming on here to talk about stuff. And last week, we were talking with a non-villain brother in the bearded community about how we're going to bring people in the bearded community together. Well, this week, I have a very special guest because it's not a villain. It's not a bearded brother at all. It's a very special person who has done an amazing job with a brand new book that's come out. I have my copy in hand, but I wanted to hear from her. What, what, why, what, what did this? What, what made her want to do this amazing book? So please help me welcome to the show, Megan Pennings. How you doing, Megan? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I know you're not used to doing these kind of things, these kind of no. interviews, but hey, when you put a book out like this, all I can say is don't be surprised if you get more. So uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all, for sure. Cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be great. Okay, so so everybody can see over her shoulder and uh, also here in my hands, uh, the book I'm talking about is called Bearded America, A New Generation of Social Clubs. And this thing is beautiful. Um, it, I'm telling you, it looks like it belongs at Barnes and Noble. And um, you did an outstanding job and we'll get into some of the details about that. But I just had to say, first off, um, it's it's really, really, really well done. So Thank something you. for sure to be very proud of. Um, I guess the first thing I'd like to ask you is uh, just to kind of give our audience a little bit of background on you and your kind of your history, your, um, you know, your education and, and what brought you to this project. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I know it's um, extensive. <laughs> I know it's a lot. Um, it's well, right. photography has always been an interest of mine since I was in high school. Um, I started learning about photography through film, and then I just kind of put it away because you know life happens, and I just I was told I'm never going to really do anything with photography because you know they don't really pay well because it's a lot of um, you know supporting yourself and things like that. So. Long story, had to, you know, live my life and earn money some other ways. So um, I kind of put that aside. And then probably about yeah, almost 10 years ago, uh, I picked it back up. And it was more digital now because that's where we're at. And so I had to get familiar with the digital camera. And I pretty much started to show myself how to do things. Um, but I really wanted to go back to school to kind of learn a little bit more. So I took uh, an intro class at a community college. Um, and then I was like, I think I really want to learn more about this. So then I decided to pursue my second master's because I already had completed another master's <laughs> program. Um, so I was like, let me do my second master's so that I can go on and you know get into education because my background is working in community colleges and I'm an adjunct um, faculty professor at multiple community colleges here in California. So I was like, I want to start teaching with that and merge my two master's degrees. So I was like, let me do photography. And I got into a program. It's a school in San Francisco, so it's fully online. And 
they were like, you need to do a thesis project if you're doing your MFA, because uh, you can choose from MA or MFA. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to do my thesis on? So um, at this time, you know, um, BV was starting to really become emerging into like this whole community. And it was really taking a part of a lot of things in my life um, with everyone should know, you know, my partner, uh, Daniel, uh, he's been really active in BV for since 2015. Um, so we do a lot of things with a lot of guys, meet a lot of people. And so everywhere we would go, I would take pictures. I take my camera with me. And I was like, why don't I focus my thesis on this group of men? Because I hadn't really seen anything out there. I mean, there's stuff out there, but not that's like looking at it from a community perspective and a storytelling perspective, which is what my background is with my other master's degree, um, where I focus on community and things like that. Okay, okay, so I, I got to take a step back for a second. <laughs> I because, know. No, that, it's, well, what's really, I mean, very impressive to me is, is like, I mean, I don't, I have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a master's, but you have two of those. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, anytime somebody says my other master's, they, I mean, come <laughs> on. Are you just trying to show off or what? I mean. <laughs> Were you just bored and said, I just want to keep going to school and doing more and more and more? I don't, I don't, I mean, it's amazing, really. I looked at the back of this book and um, her, Megan's bio is in the back of this book. And I wanted her to kind of run. I didn't want to after, I didn't want to read just my voice reading through the, because that's never very fun when I'm just reading yeah. the, the bio. But this artist bio on here, I, I just kept, I, I read it two or three times because I was like, wait a minute, there, there's another degree in here? Wait, then, then she went and another degree and then another, <laughs> I mean, what, so, what was it, what was it that made you, I mean, do all that, all that extra learning? It's pretty impressive. Well, I, education has never been my strong, like area. Like, I don't know. I just, in high school, I just was not focusing on college life. And then um, my, one of my mentors was like, you know, you should really look into pursuing college because there's something there you're going to need a degree later on in your life so I started off with community college like you know a lot of people here in California and I transferred over to um, Cal State Los Angeles um, Cal State University of Los Angeles and did my bachelor's program but when I was there um, I started off as a sociology major and I really started to fall in love with uh my second major, which is Chicano studies or Mexican American studies. And the whole idea of identity and culture and community. And I was like, okay, let me pursue my bachelor's. So I have a dual bachelor's um, <laughs> in sociology and Mexican American studies. So technically it's two bachelors. Of course and you then, have two bachelor's degrees. <laughs> and, and then, then you just I said, like, I have to have two masters as well, I guess. I don't. Well, I really, my, my goal has, in my life has always been to teach and to teach community college here in California, you have to have a master's degree. So that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to teach K through 12 because I didn't want to do teaching credentials because that's what you need here. But I was like, no, I want to do community college because they're older, the students know what they're you know, pursuing a little bit more, they're more interested, and they're taking the classes because they really want to take those classes. And because I teach, um, and I, now I teach, I teach um, ethnic studies classes at like multiple community colleges here in California. Um, but that was always been my goal, and that was what led me to my first master's in Mexican American studies. Uh, and then just, you know, life happened and I was like really getting into photog photography and I've done a lot of work with a lot of artist collectives here in L.A. Um, I've done work with a group called Mujeres de Maiz, which is Women of the Corn. They're a women-based um, organization from East Los Angeles, Boyle Heights, who focus on, you know, women artists and um, identity and they put on live art shows every year. And I've been really a part of that collective for a very long time. And that kind of led me into wanting to learn more about art and getting into art and focusing more into the, that realm of art. So I was like trying to figure out what it is in art that I wanted to do. And photography, I kept going back to it. And I wanted to 
move more into that subject of photography and that's what led me to pursue you know my getting the other masters um, because I want to merge what I have in my master's in Mexican American studies and my MFA in photography together to teach those courses where I can teach, you know, photography courses. I could teach art classes, um, Chicano art, you know, focusing on things within Los Angeles and Los Angeles County area and California and the whole history that we have within the movements and um, the art movement, especially within, you know, Southern California area. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's really cool. It's um, very impressive. I, it boggles my mind because it took me, everything I had just to get my one bachelor's degree. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, mad props to you for doing that, but it's led you down this really cool path now because you have so many different avenues that you can do things in that are very interesting to you. And I, I just want, I mean, the, the one other thing that I, that I love is the fact that you started out your photography journey uh, early on when it wasn't digital. And then you mm -hmm. came back to it when it was uh, just out of curiosity, and this we'll, we'll get into the book in just a second, but I love, uh, as you know, I mean, with my documentary I'm doing, and I have a really fond love for all things um, photo photography and video um, and filming and filmmaking. And I can only imagine that kind of learning curve that that was for you to be like, I've already learned a lot of the basics that you had to learn with film photography which really probably came in handy for you when you flipped over to the digital side because a lot of people that just learn from the digital side from the get-go, they don't have to learn a lot of things. You know, they don't have to learn the exposure. I mean, all that stuff that you have to learn when you're on film because you don't, there's no takesies, backsies, <laughs> you know, yeah. when you're with film. Uh, what was that like for you at that transition? So I haven't um, actually used film photography well i do film photography every now and then i do have a film ca um, camera um but i hadn't really used it since leaving high school um because right. i didn't own a camera after that and i mean a lot of the film that we would use would be those disposable ones that pretty oh. much has everything set up for you okay um but then when i got back into it and it was been it was such a long time that there was a lot of things that i didn't remember so then as I was learning, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Okay, I remember that the lighting like this and then the exposure and then the depth of field. But then I was like, it's so much more easier <laughs> with it the is. digital because a lot of things can kind of you can set it up a little bit better. Um, but it does help me when I want to do my film photography, um, when I use my camera, my film camera to kind of I use my digital to help me with the lighting and the practicing. So then I can set it up on my film because there's a lot of things that there's so much things that come to photography that I don't memorize it right away. Sure. I have a lot of notes in my phone. Um, so it's just kind of using those two to kind of bounce each other off. Um, I wish I could do more film for cam um, you know, photography, but I don't have a dark room <laughs> and wow. it's really expensive. It's so because expensive. It, it's a very expensive practice. So, you know, I'm kind of losing my practice when it comes to film. Um, so that's why I really wish I can get back into it more. Um, because I just, I enjoy film photography a lot better than digital, um, just because of what you can do with, you know, the process when you're developing it and in darkroom, it's, it's a little bit, I don't know, smooth, like, it's just a smooth process, but it's more like a nice little, like, healing and, like, oh, meditation yeah. process, because you're by yourself, and you're just, like, in the zone where, it comes to digital photography and I'm like editing, I, my anxiety goes way up and I get angry and I just like want to throw the computer sometimes because there's just so little things that you have to do to make sure that you're getting everything. But uh, I don't know, it's just two different practices, but it's different on each round, but I do enjoy the film more, but um, digital has just been my life for so long. Well, it, I mean, it's, it's practical. It's what's here now, but it is kind of funny though, that, that, um, a lot of people that did learn with the film had to almost relearn what they did to get to the technology side of the digital. But then the digital actually really, because there's so many settings and so many things that happen in the digital world, that it almost teaches people to appreciate the other side of it too and realize that the camera's doing so much for you here, but they learn the numbers. You know, you learn, that's mm -hmm. one of the things that's helped me out is that, I mean, I still have an old, old film camera too. And it's like, 
I never realized the correlation between this, this, this until I started doing the digital stuff. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that, that can really flip back and help you out the other way too. But I, yeah, the darkroom thing's a beautiful thing. It's it's an ancient art form, I think, at this point. But expensive, but very cool, for sure. Yeah. Well, let me let me let me ask you this. Um, what what is it about bearded villains? Getting back into your book here. Um, what is it about bearded villains that kind of made you say, that's that's what I want to focus on. Um, what was it about the bearded men, the social club aspect of it, that said, you know, uh, this is this would be a really cool book. Um, so coming back to looking at, you know, the group of men that I would meet and things like that, it came back to the whole community aspect of it. Uh, even though it's not really seen because I mean, you see it somewhat on Instagram and stuff like that, but in person, it's this whole other piece to it. You have um, men that have never met before, but when they see each other, it's like they've known each other for a lifetime. And just seeing that community part of it and that closeness and that brotherhood was something that really interests me, especially coming from, you know, my background of looking at um, history and archives and, um, you know, historical movements and stuff like that. And just how this can be a piece in history, especially um, within social media. And just to kind of go off of my uh, my master's that I got in um my Mexican-American studies, my thesis project for that program was focused on social media. So I've always had this interest in social media and how social media is used as like this healing and educational tool and how it's kind of redefined, you know, society and things like that. And so when I met this group, I was like, this is completely what, like, different from what we're seeing on, you know, in person or like how these other communities or social clubs that we've known and the historical pieces of them, this is completely different. And so I was just like, I want to document this. I want to take these pictures. I want to showcase this. And I want to really be able to dive into these stories. Um, and I don't like to do film and like, you know, documentary style like that. I love the photography aspect of it because it's that still image and there's so much that you could take from it. Um, you can add a story to it by adding the words in context, but then just looking at it, you can build your own story with it. And that's kind of what I wanted to do um, with this group. And this is why I was more interested in like the whole community aspect of it. Yeah. I, I got to say, I mean, I'm looking through and I'd seen some of the, I mean, obviously um, I'd seen some of the photos before the completed book, but as I was flipping through here, exactly what you said, um, you captured and this is one of the, the really beautiful things. And I love the fact that uh, was I, I'm assuming that the, the idea for your photos being all black and white was very intentional. Yes. So the reason why I chose black and white is because I did not want. Um, so when I showcase these pictures, you know, in a book or an exhibit or things like that or online, um, I didn't want the color aspect it to kind of overshadow some of these stories. Um, and me coming from that whole, you know, soci sociology background, I was like, okay, I wanted to focus not on like that individual's race or their identity. I wanted to pick them, people to see it and be like, okay, this is a bearded guy. Um, I don't know what race he is. I don't know what he identifies as. This black and white images is just showing me this man and these people and this whole community. So I wanted to kind of show that, but also show the diversity that is within BB. So that's kind of how I looked at it from using black and white. And then I also felt like there's so much more with the black and white documentary style that can bring out a story more than with a color style. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's proof, proof in the pudding right here. Um, the, the photograph, and I've always had a fondness for, for black and white photos, but um, the ones that you've captured in here, it's a, it's a perfect example of what you said earlier was capturing moments. And I think um, you've done a beautiful job with, with especially, I mean, some of them stick out even more than others, where it's like you totally captured a moment and, and you just wonder what was it like to be in that room with that, you know, with that group of men at the time and to be around that, to, to be a fly on the wall and um, it's it's so beautiful, beautifully portrayed in, in so many of these photos in here. 
um, that you captured m specific moments in time. Um, and it's, like I said, it's, it's beautifully done. Um, I, I guess, you know, I, I would ask what, um, I think from your perspective, because you've been around through your partner, of course, um, who I'm not going to say his name. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I already him. said it. I know. You know. I already I said it. <laughs> I don't want to give him credit. I don't want to give him that. Uh, <laughs> Daniel. Um, but being around Daniel and uh, his, his connection to the club, um, you've been around it now for so long from the outside, kind of looking into it. Um, what changes have you seen? I, I'm sure that there are, there are many that you've, that you've seen changes in, um, you know, these, these men's lives, either on the inside of, on, on their lives or the lives that they've touched through this club, which you've, yeah. you've been able to photograph. Definitely. Like I've seen the one beauty of this project is, and it's kind of sad as well is since we've been a part, like he's been a part of the club. And I say we, because I've been on this journey with him throughout as well, going to meetings and meeting people and having people at our house and, you know, take, you know, taking in people and, you know, just developing those friendships that not just his friendship, but friendships that I've made with these individuals, but also see growth. And even just like from the family aspect, like, you know, meeting someone's family and like seeing their child grow up. And that's just been something that's just been really interesting and being having, having these bonds. And like one of the images is of a wedding and actually there's two images. Let me just flip to them really quick. But one image is of Daniel doing a toast mm -hmm. and it's the image of from Marcus's wedding. And I love that image and I really wanted to include it because they only know each other because of BB. That's how they met. And they developed this whole friendship and this bond to where he was asked to be his best man. And it's like, how, like, that just shows how close and how much this community means to a lot of these men. And yes, there's been a lot of, you know, change and growth, um, you know, individual wise, um, people have come and go. Um, there's been, you know, a lot of heartache and heartbreak but there's still this strength of that is within a lot of the brothers who have been here for so long and all of the brothers that are joining as well they're starting to see you know this connection and I think that's the importance of what BV is and what it's always been and that's what needs to be carried on you know for future you know as we go on you know future generations and that's the one thing that I always that I wanted to kind of show within here is just like these connections that were made um, throughout this whole journey of this club. I, it, it's so cool because I think, I think you said you, you hit the nail on the head right there. We're talking about, I mean, when you think about it, we're not talking about an organization or a club that's been around for decades. It's, it's in its infancy really. Um, and many of the guys that are in it, myself included, you know, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be in our 50s and 60s, you know, some already are um, in from, from certain chapters around the world. And we're going to be long gone when this thing hits 15, 20 years. Who knows? I mean, it's it's a sad but strange, strange feeling to think of uh, what the history is going to, you know, what, what history is going to tell, tell the story about all these guys that started things out. And um, the the bios, the ways that the stories that you've been able to capture in here. I think are so well done that um, you hear guys explain why they've they've chosen uh, to be a part of BV and what it's done in their life. And these are things that I think um, this is like an archival history of what BV has already been so far. And I think it's um, something that guys can read. And you can very easily take this to somebody that says, what's BV all about? And you can hand this to them. And you could explain it, you know, this, read this, read this, and tell me if that's not something you want to be a part of. And uh, I think that's one of the, that's one of the coolest things that you could say for this book uh, is that it's, it's so well written and so well done that people look at that and be like, this, this right here is a, I mean, this is a selling point. This, this is a marketing strategy could be for <laughs> BV. I know it's not what you intended in any way, shape or form, but it, it shows 
yeah. it shows the variety. It shows the diversity. Um, mm-hmm. I did not even think, and I think this is this goes to your autistic eye. I did not even think about the fact that one of the reasons you may have chosen to go black and white with these photos is because it takes the the racial card out of things it, that you can't you don't get to tell what somebody's background is simply for it's all black and white. And yeah, and so that you, you you said that so beautifully. Um, I I think that's such a cool point. Yeah, that's something that well going back to like my whole thesis project and how this project can emerge. Um, when I had to present my project to get approval, that was one thing that I had focused on. It was like, this is, I'm doing this project because they're like, oh, it's just a bunch of bearded men. Like, what are you going to tell the story of? And who's this? Because they always ask like, who is this going to be for? Who's your subject? Who is your stallion person? And you have to think outside of the community because yeah, it's great that you know, all the brothers are buying books, but it's also meant for other people to kind of understand what it is that this community is, you know, what these clubs are about and, you know, all the work that they do. And that was one thing that when I was trying to get my project approved, I was like, well, the reason why it's black and white, because I have to say, you know, as a white, this. And I was like, because I want to take that racial aspect out of it. And that's from me coming from, you know, my other background of learnings and stuff like that and not having that as a centerpiece, especially, you know, everything that's gone on within the last couple of years, I wanted to kind of erase that from there and like have the focus on the club and these men and what they've done and what they're doing for their communities. Cause that's the beauty of it. And that's the importance of it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> like I said, it's, yeah, I I know I, in our in our other conversations off air we've talked about you know I um, I was like I was I was wanting it, my first impressions of it I, I imagined that this thing was going to be huge and you were like well it's only so many pages long and I said but it doesn't feel like that it feels like it's so many more as you're flipping yeah. through it because it, I mean it, when you're looking through this and you're reading it and you're looking through these images um, it, it it feels like it's 200 pages um, mm-hmm. and in a good way because there's so much to it and you find yourself flipping back and you're like, then you get back to the index at the end and you're like, wait a minute, I don't remember. What, what, what picture was that? And you go back to it again and you're like, Oh yeah. And then you start looking. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. So I guess the last question I would have for you, um, and then I'll let you go and you can go and go chill out uh, for the rest of the night. Um, and smack Daniel, uh, for me. Um, (laughs) I guess the last question I would say is what, because you have been around, um, BB for so long. What, and I'm sure that there was something, but what is it you'd say, can you think of one or two things that um, were your favorite moments that you've come across? I know you already mentioned one of them with the toast, um, but what was what were some of your favorite moments or something that in the process of doing this that kind of really surprised you? Um, so I would say my favorite moments have really been the more intimate, like the weddings. Um, so there's two weddings that are featured in here. Um, one of one of the members that, well, actually they're both living in Texas. Um, so it was their weddings that I was able to capture moments for them. One wedding was actually here in Los Angeles. And then others has been just like individual meets. So the one thing about this project is that my goal was to, when I, when I got approval for it, um, it's right when everything kind of stopped in the world and we, you know, weren't traveling and everything was just on standby. So I had to kind of reframe my project because I missed that charity aspect that I really wanted to get um, and capture. So I wasn't able to get a lot of that because a lot of that wasn't going on. So as we were able to get back to traveling, going to those individual like meetups um those more intimate moments those have always been really special to me because i'm able to capture things like that like going to indiana and capturing you know all that was going with you know the the guys doing their walk and then also having their meeting after and then all everybody that came from different states and then you know the flag shoots and those are always fun i mean everyone does flag shoots and that's like the thing that's always been going on for bb since it started but when you get those smaller ones, that's what's more fun for me because then I'm able to like remember, okay, this guy from here and that guy from there. And then you have more of those conversations with individuals that 
uh, I probably wouldn't even have a conversation with because I, I do not follow a lot of the guys on Instagram and a lot of them don't follow me as well. And I kind of try to keep, you know, that's his life and what he's doing and this is my stuff and this is what I'm doing. And yeah, we do a lot of things together when it comes to BB because we travel a lot. But when I meet certain individuals, I'm just like, whoa, this guy is really cool. <laughs> like I would never expect this. Um, and that's another aspect of going back to why it's black and white as well is like, you know, breaking through those stereotypes that are labeled with men who have beards. And yeah, I see somebody, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> but you know, you start to talk to them and you get this feel for them and you get to communicate with them. And it's, it's really special. And other meets have been um, really great too. Probably my favorites is going to Miami. Um, I love the Miami guys. They are awesome. They are amazing. Um, they do so much for their community and just the whole, you know, piece of what they're about. And that's why I wanted to make sure that proceeds from, you know, people who are purchasing will go back to their foundation because it's such a, it's such an importance of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And there's many uh, foundations out there, but I really wanted to touch on that one because I really enjoy when they have us in town and they really make you feel like you are part of their family when you're there. And even when they come to LA, like we want to make sure that they feel as if they're part of the family as well. And that's those, it's those pieces that have always been really special. And that, that's why I like to really capture those moments and um, being able to get those little small pieces and things like that. And another one is um, since we're not too far from Phoenix, being able to go to Phoenix and capture a lot of their events and stuff like that and really tell their stories. So those have kind of been like the major points um, of what I have been really interested in and what memories I have. And that's what you can see in this book is a lot of those pieces of that. Yeah. I, it's, I, I can say I can't say enough about it, um, and uh, just you know I, I was very I was very excited and um, happy that you guys uh, when you were traveling through um, were the first were the first people to ever come live in studio here uh, with me. I'd never had that before, so it was very cool. And to this day, aside from guys from my own chapter, nobody has. Um, I think later here this year in October, I'm going to have a couple of guys here uh, from England, but. Other than that, um, yeah, you guys are the first and only uh, two that two that have come uh, from outside of my area to come here to, to the studio. So um, I'm telling you, it's it's the book is awesome, uh, so well done. I love the fact that, th that there was so much intentional thought going into it, and I think the things that you wanted to capture with it, you just you did amazing with. And I love the fact that um, not only is it a great book for the villains for the all the brothers to read, but it's a really good book for anybody outside of BV to see uh, and to get kind of a glimpse into the brotherhood. Uh, wow, it's just it's just awesome, and um, I love the Thank intentionality, you. like I said about it. And uh, anybody that is interested in it, I'm going to have the links. Uh, we'll be sharing the links on it. Is there going to be a cutoff when the sales are done, or is it just as long as we're selling books, we're going to sell books? As long as we're going, we're going to go. My goal is to smell, to smell, to sell, <laughs> to sell as many as we can. Um, but I do want to start another project where I do a second piece. So book two, because I do have a lot of images that didn't make this book um, that I would like to showcase out there as well. And, you know, as we're moving on and getting to go to more events, I want to be able to showcase those events too. So I'm not just stopping at this book. I want to make sure that I, you know, get others out there, get more books out there, tell more stories. Um, and then eventually maybe one year I can have this really huge exhibit where I showcase that and other work that has been by BB guys. And, you know, maybe that's something we could do with your documentary. And like, you know, that that's like my goal is to do something like that. And that's me coming from that more like artistic, like wanting to exhibit things and stuff like that background and curating and stuff. Yeah. Hey, you're talking my language there when you're talking about <laughs> curating, curating things for the future and mm -hmm. uh, telling people stories. So um, Megan, this was awesome. Uh, again, the title is Bearded America, a new generation of social clubs. And uh, can you, do you know exactly where, where to tell people to go without 
having the whole the whole link code or um, I'll obviously um, have a link set up that I can send it to everybody. So it's easy if you go to my Instagram page and hit my bio, my profile for my website. Um, I have a whole piece on there of the book. Um, the images from the book are on there as well. So everything that's in written on the book is in there and there's links like you can just click on it and pay for it and there's three different versions there's the hard copy the soft copy and i also did a pdf version um because that's me coming from academic background if this wants to be something that's taught in a classroom setting they have that pdf access to that so okay well i will say i know there's a pdf and i know there's a soft i I went for the hard copy Um, the hard copies go (laughs) i will say uh, for anybody that is interested in looking at this, it is pricey, but it's worth it. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I the first night it was available, I put the money out and I said, I'm going to get this thing. Absolutely, hardcover is the way to go because um, I've had other collective hardcovers before that, you know, it's the kind of a keepsake uh, book mm-hmm. that you want to have. And um, when I got it in, there wasn't a second that I said it wasn't worth the money. Um, so you will not regret it if you spend the money because it's something that you'll have. It's not something that's going to um, just disintegrate underneath the couch or something like that over the years. So well worth it. And like I said, I'll have the links on there to go directly to your site so that we can, uh, we, we got to get, I want to, I want to see this thing sell like crazy, but. Yes. And I'm, I'm also looking into on my own purchasing a large amount of copies so that when we do travel, I have them with me and I can easily do, you know, pay for that and, you know, figure something like that out. That That's so. an undertaking. I mean, I, yeah. I, don't, even want to think, I don't even want to think of the dollar <laughs> signs for that for you, but Hey, yeah. the it's, it's awesome. And the fact that the, there's a, a, the proceeds of it you're saying are going uh, to Villain's Wish, I think is what what yes. we're what it's called yes. over in, in down in Miami. So, uh, awesome stuff. But Megan, thanks so much for taking some time with me, and uh, I can't wait to see where this takes you uh, into the future, and and especially with other things that you're going to do with it. Uh, I just look forward to seeing you at other events, taking pictures, and uh, I've been I've been to events when you've been there taking pictures, and it's from my artistic side myself. <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, I wonder what that image just caught. I wonder what that. It's fun for me to see it from that side and be mm-hmm. like. Oh, that was a cool image. I'm guarantee. I guarantee that was a neat image she just grabbed. So, um, I'm excited to see where things go. And uh, congratulations again on an, an amazing, amazing book. And Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking time to speak about the book and oh, bringing me on and things like that. It's. I'm honored too. I'm honored too. And I'm. I'm. I'm really excited we were able to do this. So, um, look forward to talking to you in the future. And good luck. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye. All right. So, <laughs> guys, um, that was Megan. And, uh, again, the book, um, Bearding, Bearded America. There we go. Get it over the letters here. Bearded America, a, gener- a new generation of social clubs. Um, again, the hardcover. Um, I love it. Um, definitely a good keepsake book. Um, you don't – too many too many books these days, you know, you get the, you get the, you get the soft cover, you get the soft back, and it's, uh, you forget about it. You forget about it, but there's uh, there's just something to be said for a nice hardcover book with great artwork on it, and um, definitely I think the the definite way to go if you if you can uh, go that route. So um, on the screen here, you'll see I've got her Instagram M Pennings P E N N I N G S underscore photography M Pennings underscore photography is her IG, which has her direct link, but I'm putting it up here as well M P dot M penningsphotography.com mp.mpenningsphotography.com go either one of those two places and you can find the links within to get the book and uh, I'm telling you worth it worth it worth it worth it so thanks again Megan for taking some time with me to talk about the book for sure for sure it's a great book can't say enough about it um <laughs> and uh, of course I have to share Carlos says it's an amazing book. Hard copy, hard copy is definitely the way to go. Yes, it is. All right. Um, well, guys, we've been here for uh, just over an hour now, and so uh, episode one eighty eight. I think I think successfully, right? Uh, successfully in the can, huh? We think. 
Guys, uh, thank you so much for being here if you're here live. And if you're listening on a regular podcast platform, thank you so much for taking some time out to enjoy this episode, hopefully. Um, I appreciate every one of you guys. 188 episodes in. We're about to the 190s. Just about there. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up episode 188. want to challenge you guys all to be the villain that the world needs you to be because the heart of a villain never stops beating. Most important words I say every single week, guys, remember them well. It's okay not to be okay. If you are hurting, please find a brother to talk to. Remember, it's okay not to be okay. But guys, that's going to do it. Have a great rest of this weekend. I'll see you back here next week for episode 189. Until then, take care. Stay safe. From the start to the finish, go hard. Every winning is the heart of a villain. Is the heart of a villain. From the start to the finish, go hard.